Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Simon Keaton, who is the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Power Solutions Group at OnSemi. Hello, Simon, how are you? Hey, Rich, how are you doing? Doing well yourself. I'm doing well as well. Thank you very much for asking. I always appreciate people asking that. So Power Solutions Group, let's talk about silicon carbide. Um, and what I do not want to ask you is, should it be GAN or silicon carbide? I'm so tired of that one, to, to tell you the truth. And, and I think the people who even are asking that question just um, don't understand the difference be, between the two because, because they are very different. But what I want to ask you about, for the last, I'll say, nine months, 12 months, Everybody wants to talk about silicon carbide, like it's it's the hot technology. Um, is it is it just the circles that I'm traveling, or is is there something new going on in silicon carbide, or is 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 just now the right time? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really now is the right time. If we step back and look at silicon carbide and the characteristics and the performance, they're they're really hitting their mark at the same time. The industry is now adopting a new path forward with wide band gap semiconductors. So if you look at what's going on with electric vehicles, you look at what's going on in the solar industry, there is such pent up demand for a way to go electric and do it with the best efficiency possible. And that all points to the highest performance that you can get, which is silicon carbide. It has those unique physical properties that are going to increase the range on your electric vehicle, increase the efficiency when it comes to solar farms. And so the market need is really driving the adoption while at the same time, the robustness and the general availability of silicon carbide has really come on board in the last, I would say, 12 to 18 months. Particularly if you look at OnSemi as an example, with what we've done, we have a full supply chain of silicon carbide from growing silicon carbide rules to devices to power modules. So it's now readily available for the market to take control of. So it sounds like what you're saying is that the OEMs and the suppliers are in, in lockstep, which is it, which actually doesn't happen all the time. Is, the, is that sort of what you're saying? Absolutely. And if you look at the whole model, the business model has changed over the last, I'd say, 18 to 24 months as well. It's now OEMs working directly with semiconductor suppliers, otherwise known as tier twos, whereas before it used to be OEMs talking to tier ones and tier ones would talk to tier twos. Now it looks more like a triangle. It's OEM, tier one and tier two all talking together. And why? Because they have to act very quickly in this adoption of new technologies. Plus, it's been uh, really advanced with what's happened with the supply chain problems over the last two years. When you're talking about the very heart of the performance of the vehicle, which is relying on traction inverters and products like carbide, the OEMs want to know that they can get the product and it has to meet certain specifications. Now, you mentioned two applications, uh, EVs and solar farms. I, I would think in the, in the short term, that's more than enough to keep the current crop of suppliers going. But do we need to find other places for silicon carbide before those two get saturated? Yeah, I'd say for the foreseeable future, and that future could be 10 plus years, there is so much demand coming from electric vehicles, um, as well as things like industrial infrastructure, solar, energy storage, onboard charger, offboard charger. There simply won't be enough silicon carbide, particularly due to having to make it and making silicon carbide is very different than silicon. I won't bore you with the process details, 
but in essence, it's much harder to make than silicon. It takes a longer period of time to do, and you're not getting bulls as big as silicon either because you're using something called physical vapor transport. It goes from a solid to a gas to a solid, making this crystal of wool. You have to do it to a certain quality level. Comparatively, silicon, you're essentially pulling from a, a vat of liquid silicon, and it comes out perfect, and you can do it very quickly. And so because of that, there's so much demand and it's going to be very hard to supply what the market needs just in EV and energy infrastructure, at least for the next decade. Beyond that, there are more applications waiting in the wings. Uh, it's just going to be a hard time servicing those because of lack of supply. Okay, so to be clear, you said there's not enough silicon carbide to, to fill the channel now. Um, that surprises me a little bit because because we've been dealing with all these supply chain issues and um, okay. so. It, is that really what you said, that there's not enough silicon carbide to fulfill all, all the need right now? That's correct, right? So there, there's massive capital expenditures going into silicon carbide growth, particularly, so growing bulls. But right now, it's it's still behind the curve, and it's a very different process, completely different than growing silicon. So on semi, it's a little bit different. We grow silicon, and we grow our own silicon carbide. We got into the silicon carbide with the acquisition of a, a company called GT Advanced Technologies over a year ago. So with that, we have the capability to grow the bulls, make the devices, and then we have the very high power mechanical packages that allow us to service OEMs. But the limiting factor is going to be that, that bull growth and a lot of investment going in it, but it's particularly hard to do. And the process is much slower than growing silicon. And so it's a large capex expenditure. The process is slower than growing silicon. There's got to be advancements. We're moving from six to eight inch. And so are others uh, heading that same direction. But for the foreseeable future, the demand is going to outstrip the supply. And, and you mentioned that really large upfront cost. Does that mean that we, we won't have any startups? I think you'll have startups, particularly around things like device development. But when it comes to the equipment necessary to make silicon carbide, it's extremely capital intensive. And that's going to reduce the number of people that can actually play in that market. Now, there are some foundries trying to figure out how to do silicon carbide and, and do it well. Uh, but when you look at the actual performance of the devices, there's so much built into the physical characteristics that if you don't have your own bull growth and dye fabrication facility, as well as a module, it's going to be a, a hard road ahead. And it's so interdependent. The performance of the de uh, device itself is going to be based on the performance of the, the bull, the quality of the bull. And then I've got this silicon carbide dye. Hey, that's great. But if you put it in the wrong package, if you have a package that has too high inductance or can't handle the heat, then essentially you're buying silicon carbide, but you're not getting the full performance out of it. So you have to have all three, full growth, device, and packaging to really leverage the full potential of silicon carbide. So just between you and me, it sounds like I should be calling my broker and investing in anybody who's got silicon carbide. That's, uh, I think it's a future, right? It, it really is. And I've been in this industry for 25 years, and it's certainly... Uh, what I would consider a secular hypergrowth area. I mean, it, I think it is the largest growth area for semiconductors over the next decade. Cool. Well, thank you very much. That was very enlightening. Absolutely. That was Simon Keaton, and he is the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Power Solutions Group at OnSemi, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.